So, do you have a selfie stick? Now, if you don't know what a selfie stick is, that's okay, I promise. Your life might actually be really good because you don't know what a selfie stick is. Uh, A selfie stick is an interesting little device. Most of us know what a tripod is, right? Uh, A tripod is one of those things that you you take a camera and you stick the camera on the top and it's got three little legs and it holds the camera in a strategic position so that you can very steadily take a shot. It's a tripod. Well, a selfie stick is kind of a monopod. It only has one leg, so to speak, one arm. And what you do is you take your camera or you can take your smartphone and you put it on the very end and you're able to use that to again strategically hold a steady shot so that you can take a good picture. Uh, These things are kind of all over the place and you may have one in your own home. The question is, is that how long have these things been around? Well, the first patent for a selfie stick was somewhere around the early 1980s. But when did somebody first use a selfie stick to take a picture? Well, we don't know for sure, but it very well could have been Arnold Hogg. Now, Arnold and his wife have been married for about a year, and he wanted to take a picture of them together. And so he created his own version of the selfie stick. Now, when did he take this picture? Well, he took this picture in 1926. Uh, In 1926, Arnold put together some contraption to try to take a picture of him and his wife, Helen. Now, needless to say, the selfie has a whole new world these days than the time that Arnold took his picture, and the whole idea of a selfie stick has dramatically changed. Things are just a little bit different especially since everybody seems to want to take a selfie, or at least a lot of people want to use their selfie stick to take more selfie stick pictures. So why do they want to do that? Well, there's probably a lot of reasons why people take selfies, but here's a very interesting reason from one person about why we do this. James Kilner is a neuroscientist. He says, for the first time, we're able to take and retake pictures of ourselves until we can produce an image that comes closer to matching our perception of what we think we look like. <laughs> Let me translate that. That means we can keep taking pictures until we find the one that we like of ourselves, and then we post that one online. Now, I have to tell you, I'm not big on having my picture taken in general. I'm really not big on taking selfies, not by myself, but I'm not big on taking selfies with other people. And the reason why is most of the time I end up looking like Jabba the Hutt. I'm really not sure why. It happens every time I take the picture and I have like seven chins all in one big picture. Uh, And so I try to avoid these things. But I will say that yesterday I used the selfie stick for the first time when I randomly bumped into the Duncan family at the QT on the interstate up in Simpsonville. Uh, First time, Colin let me use the selfie stick. This is his, by the way, uh, and and took a picture. Now, if you'll notice, I still have a little jab of the hut. It's not not terrible. But it's, it's there. Uh, but I did take a number of pictures to try to lessen my jab of the hut uh, in my picture. Uh, it is a very interesting thing to look at life through a selfie picture or even through a selfie stick. So let me ask you a question. What is your perception of yourself? What is it that you want to look like? What is it that you think you look like? Are you the kind of person that's obsessing over taking the perfect picture? You're just trying to make sure that everything in life is is right. 
Are you the kind of person that thinks that all your pictures are already perfect? You know, you don't need to take a second when everything is great. You, you have it all together, and everybody should just be listening to you. Or maybe you're the kind of person that just doesn't like having your picture taken at all. You, you just avoid anything that involves you making decisions or making choices or really being a part of anything. Well, there is one picture in life that you have to take. Our kids have been singing about it uh, very clearly. Uh, very clearly about the kind of picture that we need to have. But interestingly, this picture, this particular picture, is a picture that we should not take of ourselves. One day Jesus was talking to a crowd of people, and this is what he said. If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself. Now, Jesus wasn't telling someone how to be saved. He wasn't telling us how to be right with God. Jesus is talking about what it means to actually be a Christian. It's not a suggestion that you get around to when you have time. It's, it's actually a requirement that you need to submit to. So what does it mean to deny yourself? Well, let's first talk about what it doesn't mean. To deny yourself doesn't mean don't worry about what you're supposed to eat or what you're supposed to drink. It doesn't mean don't sleep. It doesn't mean don't buy decent clothes. It doesn't mean all those things that sometimes we may think, like, you know, don't get a good education, don't get a good job. That's not what it means to deny yourself. To deny yourself doesn't mean you should live in a van down by the river and give your last scrap of bread always to a needy woodpecker or a field mice that comes up next to you. That's not what it means to deny yourself. To deny yourself is something completely different, but it's not to deny you. The kids sang about it. It's not so much about denying yourself. It's just about not thinking as much for yourself, thinking of yourself less. This is what the psalmist said, Psalm 139. Oh, Lord, you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. See, the most valuable possession in your life is your life. Your most valuable earthly possession is your life. So denying yourself does not mean don't take care of your needs and don't take care of your body and don't take care of your family and don't take care of your mind. That's not what it means to to deny yourself. To deny yourself is a question of your ultimate allegiance, your ultimate allegiance. Lig Duncan says this, We are to renounce our yearning to possess things, our desire for power, the favor of men, and human glory if they challenge or diminish the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are to seek first the kingdom. In other words, the picture is is that the kingdom we're supposed to seek first is, is not our kingdom. We're not first supposed to say, well, well, my way and my opinion, that, that's what I should want the most, not at home or, or anywhere else. The call to follow Jesus is a call to seek him and seek his kingdom first. To deny yourself means that you don't sit around worrying about what someone's not doing for you or you don't sit around worrying about why someone isn't doing more for you. To deny yourself is to make it your ambition to love God first and most. To love your neighbor in the same way you love yourself. It's a desire to love God, trust God, and look for as many ways as you possibly can to serve other people. So parents, grandparents, what about you? What is it, parents, that we're investing in our kids? What is it, grandparents, that you're investing in your grandchildren? 
What is it that you want them to be? What is it that you're modeling for them? What is it that you're praying for them? Is it to deny self? This is the commandment of Jesus, to deny yourself. Is that what we're handing off? Or are we only handing off to go to school and and get a good job? Or are we only handing off, we'll go to church more than just Easter or Christmas? Or are we, we longing that our young people and even ourselves would be so connected to God through this one act of obedience to deny ourselves and to make Jesus the ultimate king. Jesus turns up the volume a little bit on the conversation. If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Someone might say, I don't think I can go there with you, Jesus. I mean, that, that sounds a little creepy, you know. I mean, you got a cross. I'm, I'm pretty sure people were executed on crosses, and, and you want me to take up my cross and, and follow you? What does that even mean? Well, there's a lot of different ways we could describe that. I'm just going to give you kind of one practical way. The one practical way that we should think about what it means to deny yourself and take up your cross might look like this. That every morning when you wake up, the first thing you do is praise God. The first thing you do is worship God. The first thing you do is acknowledge and honor God. And the second thing you do is to shred your agenda. The second thing you do when you take up your cross is you, you kill that self-saturated agenda. Whatever it is that you think is all about you or all about me or this is what I'm going to do today, you go ahead and kill that and you take up your cross and, and you follow Jesus. Is that an easy thing to do? No, not at all. But you know, part of what it means to take up your cross and follow Jesus is that things start disappearing in your life. When you're a believer, some things start fading away. Things like being lazy or whiny or pouty or greedy or pushy or sensitive or afraid or worried or impatient or angry. Now, we're not talking about perfection, okay? Because <laughs> all of us are going to struggle with those things from time to time. But the idea is this. That if somebody were to ask your spouse, ask your kids, ask your neighbors, ask your coworkers, ask your classmates, ask anybody else in your life, hey, what do you think about so-and-so? That none of those things would be the first thing that popped into their minds. We're not perfect. We're going to fail. We're going to make mistakes. We're not here to keep score. But it is important that we are taking up our cross daily and letting those things fade away and that we really are not taking selfies, but we, we are consumed with, with an unselfie mentality. We have a desire to, to love and follow God. Now I want you to know this is the opposite of what our entire society and culture tells us to do. Okay, it's the exact opposite. Our culture and our society says that the theme song of our life should be self-love, not self-denial. And when did that song first start playing? When, when did we hear that song for the first time that, that we're supposed to take a lot of selfies and we're going to look out for number one and, and no way are we going to let that mean old God try to hold us down with his rules and, and keep us from having fun? When did that song first play? Well, it played all the way back in the garden. See, the enemy lied to the first man and the first woman, gave them the the lie of self-love, and he's still telling us the lie of self-love today. It has not faded away. Wendy Ossip is a math teacher and an author. 
she has multiple chronic health issues that she has to deal with every day. And this is what she says. I can't escape these physical symptoms no matter how hard I try. I can't run from them. So I have to face them head on. And I have to figure out how to live abundantly in light of them. She can't run away from them, so she just faces them head on. And this is what she said about the enemy's lie of self-love. It's not true. (laughs) That's why we call it a lie. She says, lose your life. Let go of yourself and your expectations and trust God to meet you and redeem your story and give you a place of import in his larger story. And then she says this, as you lose your right to your story, you emerge in a much greater one. And what you will find is worth it. What you will find is worth it. What is that? What is it that we would find if we give up our lives? What would we find if we deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow Jesus? What a value could be found in self-denial? I love how John Bloom puts it. The only thing that Jesus asks us to deny ourselves of are what will rob us of eternal joy. Eternal joy. This is what Jesus is kind of asking you to do. Put down your selfie stick and to take up your cross. To turn to Jesus. To come to Jesus and be rescued. To come to Jesus and find a new story. To come to Jesus and find a a new song. To come to Jesus and find joy. To come to Jesus and live. That is what you will find. And friends, salvation in Jesus is not just of great value. It is the greatest treasure in the universe. And it is definitely worth the song of our lives.